I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. How's it going today, honey? Well, overall, pretty good. Yeah? I'm just fixing the three-hole punch because... There we go. There's nothing better to do when you start a podcast is to fix your three-hole punch. Just to let you folks know, I'm just taking my first sips of coffee. So we'll see like how the speed increases as we go here. And I know How about we don't? Sometimes it's a lot for Mike to take the first caffeinated version of it's, me. So. It's yeah. So, I just completed last week the first virtual retreat I've ever led. And the first virtual retreat I've ever been part of. And at the time of recording this, it is August 2020. It is still unknown. How about that? You know, what's going to be happening in the world? And yes, more people are gathering. And then some states, at least in the United States, are shutting back down. Some countries, you know, are also. And so we are just at this time where we're going to need to find new ways to connect. And I so want to get into a conversation about COVID, but today we're not going (laughs) to do that. We have an expert who's coming to talk about viruses in a few weeks that I'm so excited about. What do you want to say? It's too much to get into today. Okay. I just want to put aside, like, as you're listening, regardless of what you think, about whether or not we should be gathering. The truth is that as a business owner or as a leader, what we're going to find is that we're coming into contact with people who are in our programs or who we're co-leading things with or other speakers or other community members who feel a different way about the level of safety at this moment in time with gathering with other people. And so this particular episode is not about whether or not it is actually safe to gather. This episode is about how to navigate a landscape where we are not gathering in the way that we thought we might be at this time. And we don't know how long that's going to go on for based on people's feelings of safety and security, based on wanting to keep your family safe and healthy and based on government regulations Mm -hmm. that are that are limiting yeah. So I, there's a great, I can rephrase this, but it's, I don't know, you can use this in your own language. I mean, when we, and when I'm talking to people, just to get an awareness of where people are. Yesterday I was talking to my buddy. He just sold his place in Maine, moved to, he's currently residing in New Hampshire. And, you know, we were talking and I said, what's your paranoia level about COVID? You know, so I have the scale of like, are you on a zero where you have zero paranoia or are you a 10 where you're like, you're going to stay in your house and never leave. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. You know, and then I brought it up to him because that is helpful for me as well to talk to him to be like, this is where this dude's at. Right. And so, yeah, I think calling it paranoia. Right. is not a great idea. Is, that's what I'm is, saying. Is not helpful, but. What I've been doing is when we are meeting up with people, let's say for an outside visit, I will text ahead of time and just say, just so you know, our family's feeling really safe. 
about our health, but I will defer to whatever your boundaries are. So please let us know like what is acceptable in terms of your needs to feel safe. And so I've been, because fundamentally I do feel really safe and there's a lot of reasons why, and I could get into that, but I won't today, but my priority, both running programs with our customers and with friends and family is for people to feel safe because quite frankly, when we feel safe, our immune system is a lot stronger. And Mm -hmm. when we feel in jeopardy, when we feel scared, our immunity is tremendously depleted. So in my effort to support people's health, I want to help them feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so that's my whole goal. And I like where you're going with your question. I think that a lot of people would probably find that pretty offensive. Probably. So just want to yeah, no. shout I, that out while we're here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I said I started this off. The, the reason I stated at the beginning before I explained what it was is like you can change this into whatever language you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's just, but it is, it's just, it's, it's a more abrupt way to think about it where it's like, what is my paranoia level? That's what he said to me. He was just like, what is my paranoia level around this? You know, where are you? But it is, it sets off the fight response pretty quick when you hear paranoia or where you are. And so, yeah, just change it from a scale, you know, just to figure out where people are. And I like what you said is like having people feel safe. Yeah. And I always just text ahead of time because I would much rather know in writing someone's what they need to feel safe than show up. And like, you know, my kid is licking their kid and they're like freaking out. Right. Right. (laughs) As an example, which is a real life example, you know, that could happen. Especially, you know, with small children, like it's just, it's hard to control them. That's an ongoing parenting issue that I have. <laughs> what, kids licking kids? No, that we can't control them. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the, the hardest part about parenting for me, at least. So, okay. So, all with all of that preamble, if you are finding yourself in a situation where, let's say you had an in-person retreat scheduled for the fall or you had a live event or a conference scheduled, or you are finding that you're lonely and you are missing going to like networking events or industry gatherings, or, you know, I was just thinking about like how important we've talked a lot about on the podcast about the 80-20 rule. And it's something we talk a lot about in origin. One of our most popular trainings is on how to identify the 20% that gets you 80% of the results in your business and then how to organize your schedule around that. So you're prioritizing that. It's an amazing way to save time is to lean into your 20%. So if you're finding yourself in a situation where you want to create genuine connection and you're not going to be getting on an airplane anytime soon and, you know, people you want to connect with aren't able to cross borders and you want to make sure your customers feel safe or whatever, A virtual gathering and virtual connection obviously is what's available to us right now. And I have to tell you, going into our virtual retreat, I was nervous because these women are mastermind. There's 11 of them. They're incredible. They signed up for a program that included three live retreats. And so there I was in May, June, realizing that like our second live retreat really probably wasn't going to happen, just given a lot of factors. And it was really disappointing for me. And I just felt like, 
I'm disappointing these women. And that is a really hard thing for me. And I think it's a hard thing for a lot of people. Like, you know, Cheryl Richardson wrote a great chapter in her book, The Art of Extreme Self-Care. Let me disappoint you. Like that's mm-hmm. the chapter title. I should probably read it every day. Alicia Keys's book that I'm just finishing now talks a lot about that too. What is it called again? More Good myself. Question. Yeah, yeah. I think something. Like I'll that. look it up. But um, it talks. She, she talks, talks about a lot about. People. Yeah, because she that I mean that's where the whole not wearing makeup came from. Oh yeah. Because of wearing layers and layers and layers of makeup for years and years and years and acne breakouts and all this stuff and she one day she just. Because she thought about like disappointing people and how at a young age she was doing things in the music world that she would never do. She was losing herself in the kind of the music hysteria mm-hmm. that exists inside the music industry. Um, the machine. The machine, yeah. And it's yeah. where they wanted her to be more sexy and show more cleavage and these like at a very young age. And she was just like, that's, she's like, no. Yeah. I'll find out. Okay. Keep going. Anyway. So we decided we made the call i think in early june that we weren't going to do our live retreat our live retreat was supposed to be in new york city by the way so that was sort of you know anyway there was that factor and we just decided okay we're gonna make this incredible we're gonna make this as incredible as it can be and we are committed to building true connection So I'm going to go through some of the things that we decided to do for our members. But when you're thinking through creating community, creating connection, what I realized off the bat is that I was coming at it from the mentality of this is second best. And what I realized going through the the actual event itself is that there were some huge benefits to the virtual retreat that wouldn't have been possible at the live retreat. Mm -hmm. And in fact, sort of more from a global perspective or more of a, you know, high level perspective, I really do believe that things happen for us, not to us, to a large extent. Of course, I don't think that applies to every single situation, right? But... In terms of this mastermind, my prayer for these women the whole year has been that they get what they need. And inherent in the prayer that they get what they need is the understanding that what they need may not be what they think they signed up for. And I have many examples, which I will not talk about on the podcast because it's their own personal journey. But there are many examples of circumstances that have occurred or you know, just situations where they've gotten something they needed, but it wasn't necessarily what they wanted. And I think we can all think of situations in our life like that, you know, like your illness, Mike, or like, you know, the way Penelope's birth happened for me, you know, different scenarios like that. So what I noticed is that I had the mentality that this retreat was the booby prize for them. And I started off in the perspective of... What is a booby prize? The booby prize is like what you don't want to get. It's like not the real prize. It's like second best. Why is it called booby prize? I have no idea. We could look that up. So I realized that that was my mentality and I realized it needed to shift. And it needed to shift in terms of, okay, this is what's happening. Therefore, this is what we need, all of us collectively, because it's happening. Like... I know we need it because it's happening. And 
given that, like, what are all the amazing benefits of having a home virtual retreat experience? And how can we lean into those to make this, I don't even want to say better than a live experience, but different in a beautiful way so that the value was totally there, was like equal to if we met in person. So one of the things we did is we just, we sat down and I am the kind of person, and I think I am not alone, where I've done enough live events and I know myself well enough at this point to realize that I will leave things to the last minute and get really stressed out. And like a week before the event or two days before the event, I'll have all this stuff that didn't get done and I'll feel overwhelmed and I'll realize like, oh God, I didn't delegate properly. I didn't plan ahead enough to do this amazing thing that I want to do and now I can't do it or whatever. So we made a commitment to start really early and we had a weekly virtual retreat meeting within our team every week leading up to it for about probably five or six weeks just to make sure we were talking through all the things and implementing them. And the very first thing I knew I wanted to do was, okay, well, these people can't be in person together. So I still want to create an experience for them in their home, which means I'm going to need to mail them packages. And so given that some of them are international, we knew we needed to mail those packages ahead of time, which was great because it forced me to begin to really get into what's the arc of the retreat, what's the theme, what's the experience, because there were some of these retreat items, the swag items that needed to be customized and branded. And there was like a whole series that went into it. And Takesha, who helps hold space with the mastermind with me, she and I both, I think for both of us, our love language for giving love is gifts, is one of the top ones is gifts. Because like, we really just went nuts with just like thinking through what might be possible and what are our cool ideas and what's the experience we want to have these women have. And so we did that really early and I had an overall theme for the retreat, which was going deeper, not wider based on the arc that these women have been going through. You know, I just really stay on the pulse of what do each of them need individually and what are the themes of what they all need individually. And what's been so amazing, and I really truly believe that all these women came together to have this particular journey, this particular year, that they were meant to be together. There's a great quote from Adrienne Marie Brown's book, Emergent Strategy, which is, there is a conversation that only the people gathered in this room at this particular time can have, and it's our job to find it. That was paraphrasing, but... It's more or less the quote. So beautiful. So there's like this deep trust that the lessons that they're each learning individually are also interconnected collectively and that they were meant to journey together this year. And so the deeper, not wider theme came to me. And then Takesha and I started leaning into like, okay, well, how could we symbolically manifest that? with swag. So yes, of course, I'll plan the content and like that part felt easy. But needing to plan ahead of time to get them beautiful bags, like beautiful boxes, did take a little more logistical thinking through from a timing perspective. And so anyway, I can walk through what we had in the swag because people probably want to know that. But I've been talking for a long time. So is there anything you want to interject, Mike? So regarding to doing home 
events versus live events. I think what's interesting about what you said that a lot of times we go to live events for a checkout or a break from our regular life. And that is valuable in a way. But then the biggest thing at all of so many live events that I've been to say, well, how do you implement this when you go back home? And then you like, then people fall off the wagon. Like everyone's circumstance is so different, right? So we're all living independent lives. You know, I just remember when I went to the Tony Robbins event, like there were 7,000 people in there. All these people, it's lives are so different. Who knows? They might have, you know, all the variety of how they're living their life, where they're coming from, you know, or where do they live all the time. And this was in New Jersey. But what I think what's interesting that you just shared and what's taking place right now is how do you cultivate a live event experience, which you can't duplicate that being together. You know, you see our favorite musicians, I can see that happening to them right now. It's like, how do you make money as a musician when you're not touring? Right. Cause there was such a reliance on tour money. And I don't know, fully understand everything about the entertainment industry when it comes to musicians, but like they would produce these albums. The labels would, would front a lot. You'd have to pay it back. You get an advance. Then you go make your money on tour. Right. So you, the majority of artists make all their money on tours. And so it's like, that's not happening now. Like how do you replicate that for a musician? But in a live experience setting, it's like, how do you go about, oh my goodness, we have to come back here. We have to pause. Our children are downstairs now. All right. I think we are back now to the second interruption of our child, children. All right. I don't know what is happening. Anyway, the we go away. We had a night away, Kate and I. Like on Monday night. They need like a good 24 hours to, to 48 hours. process the fact that we were gone for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, so exhausting. It's like, it's nice to get away to ourselves. It's so much harder coming back. What and I was, then you ask yourself, <laughs> was, was it, it worth, worth it? it? <laughs> and that's actually a perfect segue into what Mike was saying. Yes. Because the reintegration is hard. Right. When you go away and come home. So it just basically to sum up what I was saying previously, because I've tried to explain this twice now, but we haven't recorded it. The difference was with live events, we'd go to these retreats. Like you go to a yoga retreat, you this epic place in Costa Rica, and then you come back home to like Portland, Maine. Not that there's anything wrong with Portland, Maine because we live here, right? But I'm just we saying love it here. <laughs> Portland, Maine is much different than Costa Rica. And or you go to Texas or you go to Bali or you go to these other experiences. You have these blissful experiences that exist. I love that you put in a list Costa Rica, <laughs> Texas, Bali, and Texas. <laughs> I mean, Texas is dope. Again, no shade to Texas. Like I no. love I love Texas. No, Texas is great. So right now we're learning how to have a similar experience of what it would be like in Costa Rica, but being at home in Portland, Maine. And so what you did with your virtual retreat was a great example of that because we're all realizing what the new... Now, I think things will open up eventually in the future and we're all going to like go back to having live events, et cetera, again. But like along the way, there's going to be industries that are collapsing. There's going to be things that are falling. There's going to be change in reality of life and what that looks like. But what is happening now because we're spending so much time at home, it's allowing us to actually be fulfilled and happy in our home environment. And that's the good part of what happens here. The bad, the downside is people are realizing like, I am not happy here and I need to get out of this situation, which is also healing in its own way, right? But it's a much different experience. 
But I think what's cool about what you're sharing with your virtual retreat, what you do with your ladies is that you did have, create a, a special experience for these women. And it's something that we have to, as business owners, have to recognize for each other because the one thing that we talked about when you would travel to our events or I would go someplace for events, it was like the day before is I need to prepare to leave. And the day I come back, I just need a little breathing room for the 24 hours when I come back to kind of get re-centered into the situation of coming back into the chaos. And so... Now, even after your virtual retreat, we still have to, because leading up to that, you're like, I need a couple days to really prepare for it, which we set that up for you. But the post after retreat, we didn't really do that. I mean, you and I went away, but it wasn't, it wasn't where it's space for you to just like relax and deep dive and take it in. So that's something to keep in mind for us when we do the next one. And I think if you're an attendee of this as well, it's the similar type of a process. Right. And regardless whether it's because I'm in this class right now, breaking racial bias with a new Gupta who we've had on, we had on the podcast, but I see like it's heavy stuff. Like we're in this session for an hour and a half. And like at the end of it, I just see people like, I got to jump off. I got another, I got a 1230 and it's like 90 minute, 90 minute, 90 minute. I know many people's lives right now are zoom calls to zoom calls to zoom calls and there's no space. And it's like, I get done with that call and I'm like, what just happened? you know, in that thought process to allow myself to sink into it. So, I think giving what Alicia Keys said in her book, bringing it back to her, she said that when she was coming to interviews, and it's more myself is her, it's the latest book, just look up Alicia Keys. But she said that she started scheduling 15 minute because she, her life used to be interview, 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 and it would be scheduled by somebody else. And when she started taking control of it, she said, I need 15 minute break in between each interview. I need 15 minutes. And so everything that's scheduled now is 15 minutes, you know, right? So anyway, that's what I would just, I take away from just listening to you describe what this is like and how we are realizing like we're sinking into this home presence yeah. front where it's like, I need this at myself and how do I get it here? Totally. And, you know, Ra Goddess, our coach and friend has done some beautiful speaking about what she's calling the sacred pause this time the sacred pause for the cause and the order to go home and stay at home and what that means and the three sacred practices and the three questions of this time. I think she's done that on a Facebook Live, but she definitely talked about it on our podcast episode for small businesses navigating the pandemic. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Okay, so first thing, switch your mindset and embrace that your virtual event is what your participants need. Or if you're participating, that the virtual event is what you need right now. So rather than being like, I wish it were different, I wish that I should be in New York City, I should be on an airplane right now. No, you shouldn't be because you're not. So <laughs> here we are, let's be where we are. Mm -hmm. so that was number one. Number two, is to, if you're planning the event, give yourself plenty of time to feel into what would make this a glorious experience. And for sure, mailing our members a box that had all these goodies and a few of the goodies. I really love the element of surprise. So a few of the goodies Mike also does too. I would say you're better at producing those surprises for me than I am at producing them for you. 
just want to call myself out there. But I think I did a pretty good job with the mastermind. <laughs> so if you're a paying customer of ours, <laughs> you're well taken care of. We'll bring that up in therapy. Kate can always just be like, well, I, you know, grew kids for you. So I that's did. my surprise. I also, anyway, I won't tell you this because I am. Anyway. Okay. So. Were you just about to blow some sort of surprise? I just want you to know I'm thinking about surprises for you all the time. It's <laughs> good. It's a matter of when it, they get revealed. Put them in your idea book. Okay. So what we put in the box is number one, they had homework for the retreat to prepare. So I bought them the book that they needed to read to prepare and mailed that to them. So that was number Mm -hmm. one. I put in the newest items from our Do Less Planner line, which arrived right at about the same time. So it's been really fun to share our origin swag and our Do Less products with our mastermind sometimes before they've come to market. So they were the first ones to get the Egg Wisdom Necklace, for example, and then they were the first ones to get the Do Less Planner supplement. So they each got a daily energy tracker supplement and a daily renewable planner supplement. And they also were the first to receive the cyclical planning stickers with the lunar phases and the menstrual phases. I just get so excited talking about this stuff. I'm obviously in the right career. (laughs) And then they also got this beautiful Oracle card deck called a flora and fauna of Africa. And it's created by Jesse Jumanji. We'll link to it in the show notes. I knew that I wanted to send an Oracle card deck. And I knew I wanted it to be made by a black business owner. And so I did some research and I found this one and it felt really aligned because everything I teach is about leaning into nature to guide us. So having a deck that is about the messages from the flora and fauna of Africa just felt really aligned and really, you know, when we talk about the brand origin, people are like, why would you call your business origin? I mean, they don't ask it like that because that's kind of rude. But, you know, sometimes they ask me and and the answer is it just it came to Licia, actually. It came to Licia, who was working with us at the time. And I loved it. And origin is, you know, it's like where we came from. So origin is the the uterus, right? It's like the reproductive system. It's the cycles. It's the seasons. It's the earth. It's nature. It's looking at like the original. I find that we can get so much great information if we look to source. And that source might be a variety of things. But for me, it always comes back to, okay, what would the solution be to this if I asked my body and if I looked to nature? That's the practice of biomimicry, which is looking to nature for solutions to our human problems. And so back to the Oracle deck, you know, many, many thousands of years ago, all humans originated in Africa. So having a flora and fauna deck that pointed to our origin as a species for this retreat felt really on point. There's a lot of layers here, folks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of layers of meaning. Nothing was put in this swag bag by accident. Then we wanted to put in a beautiful piece of jewelry that was customized for each woman. And what I mean by that is there's this wonderful mother-daughter-owned company called Pound Jewelry that I've been aware of for many, many years. And they make these gorgeous pendulums of different gemstones of different, well, I guess they're not gemstones, but different stones. And you can wear the pendulum as a necklace, which I do, but you can also use the pendulum 
as a divination tool to help you make decisions. And one of the things that I see that holds entrepreneurs back, especially female identifying entrepreneurs, is indecision. On average, we waste as women in particular, seven and a half hours a week, according to the Daily Mail in the UK, seven and a half hours a week we waste on deliberation and decision making. And something like a pendulum or an oracle deck can really help us to bypass our intellect and just go right to the source of our wisdom, which is our vibration. And so Takesha went through the Pound website and chose a stone. Takesha really loves stones and crystals and the whole thing. So she felt into which stone would be optimal for each woman based on the stone's meaning. And then we ordered all the pendulums. Well, I ordered them. I also stocked all the women's Instagram accounts to make sure that I was ordering gold or silver based on the kind of jewelry that they usually wear. So I hope I got it right, ladies, if you're listening. And we chose the stone that would be ideal for each woman. And then with the stone, so that was one of the items that was wrapped up that they weren't supposed to open until the retreat. So there were three items that they were not supposed to open until the retreat. So I already talked about the items that they opened ahead of time. There might have been one or two other things in there, but I think I got the main ones. We sent out a message saying, okay, uh, this box is in the mail to you. Mike went to the post office and found these really cute blue boxes so that it would like really stand out. It was like blue patterned. And we said, the box is on its way to you. Here's your instructions. You can open everything in it except for these two items that are wrapped in brown paper and one item that's either in a black box or a silk bag. Now, when you're communicating with 11 women who are (laughs) really busy running their own businesses... There was like a few errors, a few things got opened ahead of time by a few people, but largely it worked. So then what we did, and I'm going to get back to the necklaces and what we did with those, but then what we did is Takesha and I walked through the arc of the retreat and what the content would be and when the different items would be opened. And so on the first session of the first day, as we were introducing the deeper, not wider theme... We had wrapped, I had wrapped (laughs) with my children, which was a freaking disaster. I was like, this will be great. My kids can help me, you know, wrap up and box these gifts. I ended up (laughs) like sweating and screaming and Ruby (laughs) was running around with scissors and there was like long pieces of tape everywhere. (laughs) Here's for those new parents out there. Here is my so far four years into this. Almost five, honey. When it comes to almost five, yeah. I have a project. My kids can help me with my project. That's a big red flag to say, nope, that's my project that I want to do. Yeah. If it's like, oh, let's do something with my children, it has to do something that they want to do. You like know, it or, could be your project, but that project can't have a timeline and yes. it also can't have a specific desired result. It's like, like every time. Like incorporating my children in packing up swag bags for Horrible the mastermind idea. and wrapping them. Worst idea ever. So if you're part of the mastermind and you were like, wow, this looks like it was wrapped by a four-year-old. That's because it was. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like yesterday I was moving things in the basement. I was like, oh, Ruby will be fine. No, she screamed the entire time while I was doing it. Carrying these 50 pound things down, you know, I'm like, oh my God. Mike this carried hundreds of pounds of tile yesterday. Okay. So 
in the first morning session, we had mapped out what we were going to go into. And it was all the different ways that you can go deeper instead of wider in your business. Because we also looked at the cosmic weather for the year. And our resident astrologer in origin is named Jeanette Lewis. She's at Inner Sun Alchemy on Instagram. And she had shared that 2020 was a year about consistency, discipline, and mastery. So this is not a year to start a bunch of new things. This was a deeper, not wider year. And I think that as entrepreneurs, we can get very sucked into looking at what other people are doing and being like, oh, that's working really well for them. I should do that too. Let me start marketing on Pinterest. Let me start doing webinars. Let me start an evergreen funnel. Let me start doing online challenges. Maybe I should have a tripwire product. Like maybe I should write a book. Maybe I should have an ebook. Like all of the, I should have a YouTube channel. I should probably start a podcast, right? Like And then suddenly you have half started 25 projects and none of them is bringing in leads or revenue because you haven't done any of them well enough to finish them or even done them effectively. So we were really leaning into what can we fertilize? What can we go deeper on? Notice I'm here with my metaphors. So what can we fertilize? So each woman had the homework assignment to bring an item to the mastermind in her mind that she was going to fertilize, something that had worked historically for her that was proven that we could increase the results from, deeper, not wider. So then in the morning session, they opened the first item that was wrapped in brown paper, which was a sweet little garden trowel engraved with the origin logo to go deeper, not wider. If you don't know what a trowel is, it's a shovel. So a small garden shovel. And... In addition to that, it was packed up with a little packet of seed paper. And for those who don't know what seed paper is, it's paper that has been made of, you know, natural fibers that also has seeds in it, in the paper. So you write on the paper and then you plant the paper and seeds of wildflowers grow or whatever is in the seed paper. So their homework was to write down their desires and then plant them with their little garden trowel and go deeper, not wider. So that was like a really fun, beautiful. I was so psyched to like come up with the idea of little engraved garden trowels and get it together to get them engraved and all the whole thing. Because logistics are hard for me. And Mike was not involved in that particular thing. And I was really proud that I did it myself. Besides the shipping. And Mike was involved in the shipping. But I packed all the boxes mm-hmm. and got them you ready to ship. Job. And I got the trowels made. I was, I was, it was good. I thought it was yeah. good. Um, you were very organized. Thanks. Because I gave myself enough time. Yeah. So the beauty of slowing down is that you give yourself enough time to do something really well. So that was the garden trowel with the seed paper. And then later on that night, so then we had two special guest speakers who were surprises. I will wrap this up because I know we're like getting close here. But I, again, with the element of surprise, I really like to make the guest speakers a surprise for these retreats because just like, I don't know, it's just really fun to announce them and then have them appear. Mm -hmm. We did it at the live retreat and we had the speakers like hide in the corner and then I did like a whole intro and like really talked them up. And how did you do it on Zoom? Like I am so proud of myself. I texted our guest speakers who I'll tell you who they were in a minute. And I said, hey, can you come on? They were our afternoon sessions started at 1 p.m. And I asked them to come on Zoom at 103. 
Great. Because I was like, that'll give me enough time to get the lady settled and give you an intro. And then you'll appear just at the right time. And they both totally nailed it. At the Oh, sweet. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, so fun. I think that the theater kid in me really yeah, shines cool. through mm-hmm. in moments like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Our first guest speaker was James Wedmore. He's been a dear friend for many years, and I just love his business mind. He has taught me some of the most valuable things in business in terms of like how to do a webinar, how to make a sales page, how to outsource, how to do copywriting, how to surf, which is not helping our business, but was really fun. And then in this particular session, yet, (laughs) I am not making money from surfing yet. And then also he's taught a pretty mind-blowing session on how to get yourself out as a bottleneck in your company. And it was really about scaling from seven to eight figures, but working with that in whatever way applied to your particular company. Actually, we have made money from surfing. And this goes back to going on the trip with James Wedmore when we went to Costa Rica and he taught us how to create our own landing page. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And we turned that into... That That's true. It was money. a surfing trip where yep. we ended up learning some valuable business skills. That's while we correct. Were there. Direct you surfing on waves? Not, not, not yet. yet. And James had the opportunity to sort of come out of the woo closet at an event of ours in 2014, which was also really special. Prior to that time, he never really talked publicly about the fact that he was into crystals and angels and aliens and, you know, energy and the law of attraction and all that stuff. And then after our event, he came out of the closet with that. Now he talks about it all the time on his podcast. Yeah. In fact, some of the topics he talks about on his podcast, I'm like, wow, that is out there. We should have. And uh, if I think it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> we should have told James when we, you can speak at our event, but we want 3% ownership of your company to allow you to come out of the woo closet. <laughs> anyway, so James was amazing. And then at the end of the day, there was another item in brown paper to unwrap, which was a piece of Himalayan pink salt crystal. So it was like a chunk. And their homework assignment was to take a bath, get the salt in there and just integrate and release anything that... so integrate whatever needed to be integrated and release anything that needed to be released energetically so that they could make space for what was coming through the next day. And so that was like, they loved that. And then the next morning, we did some breakouts and we used the Zoom feature where you can create little breakout groups. And we really thought through, okay, who would be best in what group and why? And we did this whole becoming queen in your business breakout session and operationalize some stuff that we had learned from James and from the content that I had planned, which was really beautiful. And then after we did the second session, the second day in the afternoon, and our guest speaker was Ra Goddess. And we had I had sent her book because parts of it were their homework assignment. And then she showed up and was I can't I I honestly don't actually even have words for how beautiful it was and she basically like she just like channeled like it was so beautiful and she had this moment where she almost did a mini reading for each woman and I didn't even know Ra was like it was just so beautiful and then at the end of the day we had them each unwrap their pound pendulum and read what their stone was and what it meant. And then they put on their pound pendulum and then they read something that I had written for them and tucked away in the little instructions on how to use the pendulum, which was a personalized mantra or blessing to 
infuse intention into the pendulum. And what was so cool is I had written those the first week of July and we were in the last week of July because I had to mail them. And Ra, I didn't know she was going to do this. She had gone around and sort of given each woman this nugget of homework or or this intention. And then as we were reading, as they were going around and reading the thing that I had written, the overlaps between what Ra had said and what I had written as I was tuning into each woman's energy was <laughs> really incredible. <laughs> and it was just like, wow, you know, if I give myself enough time, if I really hold these women in my heart and I hold the highest intention and I trust, then like we are so held. I didn't orchestrate the fact that we did this retreat in this cyclical transit with something else that had happened during our live retreat. One of our members was like, oh my God, I just read the cosmic weather and I saw the transits that are happening when we're at our virtual retreat and that they hearken back to the live event you must have done that on purpose. And I was like, I did not do that on purpose. And then the other thing that happened is I was ovulating during the live or the virtual retreat, which was also really powerful because I was so high energy and like so into being with people right then and just really, you know, verbally fluent, which I'm apparently not right now. And so that was really beautiful. Like there were just all these things that lined up so perfectly. And that's really what happens when we begin to pay more attention to our cycles and seasons, we are automatically held by things like the guest speaker showing up and delivering the exact perfect content, which we hadn't even asked her to deliver in the exact perfect way. And then my messages to the women lining up with what Ra said, like it's all was just so beautiful. And one of our women shared, you know, she was like, Honestly, she was one of the ones who, you know, had said, come hell or high water, like I want to be there in person, but she couldn't be because of a border, you know, because of borders. Well, also, we didn't have a live event, so she wouldn't have come. (laughs) Anyway, she was like, actually, at lunchtime, like I got to put my son down for a nap and then like I'm home eating my food. And and there's something so beautiful about that, right? Like the women didn't need to spend money on a plane ticket. They didn't mm-hmm. need to spend money on accommodations. They were eating their own food, which makes us feel so much healthier and more well. None of us had gastrointestinal issues from being on an airplane, you know, because sometimes that can be a little binding. None of us had issues from like sleeping in a hotel room with recycled air. Or And then the integration back home wasn't like, oh, my God, you've just been on this crazy adventure totally separate from your life. It was like, oh, well, you've just spent two days. We did eight hours over two days. So it was a two-hour session in the morning both days and a two-hour session in the afternoon both days. So it wasn't this crazy pendulum swing of like, oh my God, my home life is so different than this business thing. How could I ever get these closer together? It was really integrated. So my takeaways were, again, giving us enough time to plan well, making the mental shift that this is what was supposed to be happening and moving out of like, oh God, I'm so afraid to disappoint people because creating an event from a place of, I don't want to disappoint people is not a powerful place, right? It's not a place of wholeness or abundance. Thinking into like, what are some elements of surprise? How could we set them up for not only a powerful experience while we're on Zoom together, but for other things that they might be doing, then using the technology available to us with the Zoom breakout rooms to do smaller groups, having surprise guest speakers. Those were all really, really, really powerful. And then for me also as a leader, 
I did a workout each morning before I did the class before each morning. So I was like super energized. I had all my beverages. So I'm big on beverages. I had those all lined up. Mike brought me lunch both days, which was so sweet. So I didn't have to think about that. Both days I got outside, I got my bare feet on the ground. And I told each woman that their lunchtime assignment was to get their bare feet in the ground on the earth, not in the ground, but on the earth. And then I also lied down on my office floor during both lunch breaks. And that was also really helpful. And then I set up the space in my office like I would for a retreat. I did some space clearing. I played music. I diffused essential oils. We did dance breaks. So all of those things, like making sure the body and the energy and the space were incorporated was really beautiful. And one of our members actually decided to rent herself a condo on the beach for the retreat. So she actually took herself locally on a little staycation to create a powerful retreat experience for her. And I got it. I was like, that's really cool. That's really smart of you. Mm -hmm. So I might suggest that for the women who, for our fall retreats, we have a one day retreat for our origin incubator and a three day for our origin mastermind. My intention is to have them live for those who want to attend live and then live stream in a really like with a pro for those who cannot or do not want to come. And I don't remember why I'm saying that. Anyway, just so you know. Good story. <laughs> Tell it again, please. That's happening. But I just, I think to go wrap up for this episode and just to go back to what we originally started talking about, there's a lot of conversation about when things return to normal or when things go back. Like This is the new normal. This is the new life. How do we adapt to where we are today so it feels fulfilling to us? So, not necessarily like, yes, mask rules can change or this can change or, you know, now schools are about to roll out here in the United States, what the plans are. And it's really, I am seeing teachers cry like online in these posts and realize like how hard it is to try to adapt to what this new rule is, which does, it's so difficult. Right. And so it's like, how do we find those moments in the day? And then when we are looking at our retreats, like what's my expectation? How can I get the best out of this as I'm attending as an attendee? And if I'm leading retreats, how can I set it up? That's best for these virtual attendees to get the most and the, the best out of it. Not just saying it's like another zoom call to hop on to. Very much so, right. Like Like really communicating with your attendees ways that they can set themselves up to get the most out of the experience. Because what you don't want is like, yeah, somebody treating it like another Zoom call and like, you know, making dinner while their kids are screaming while they're trying to listen, for example. Or, I mean, of course, people can do whatever they want, but really to have people set themselves up for success because they are going to be home. So how do they set those boundaries to get the most out Mm -hmm. of it? And I think whether you're planning a retreat or attending a retreat or a live event that's going to be virtual or not, really thinking through in terms of creating true connection online is that like all the people you're connecting with, the people on Instagram, the comments, the Facebook, the all those little avatars, those little icons of whatever somebody chooses to upload as their profile picture Like that's a real human being sitting Mm -hmm. somewhere with their phone or their computer. And so I think we can just, I want to refer back to our episode with Valerie Carr about see no stranger and really living in the land of wonder, 
So wondering about other human beings, wondering about how we might be able to serve them or help them heal. And when we come from that place, whether it's people who are already customers or people who we would like to convert into customers, people can tell if we actually care or not. They know. And so you can't manufacture genuine caring, but you can practice it. Mm -hmm. And you can't genuinely care about like every single thing all at the same time. I do think we can care genuinely about multiple things at the same time, but like not every single situation on earth or every single, but we can have positive regard and embrace that everyone who we're connecting with online is a real human in a body living somewhere, having real experiences. And the more we can connect on that level, like to the degree that, you know, with the time space continuum and quantum physics, we all can actually be together when we're not together. And so the invitation is to tap into that quantum field where we are all deeply connected and bring it together in a virtual context. And a lot of that has to do with like really just bringing somebody into your heart and connecting with them and bringing them to mind and your thoughtfulness. And so whatever that means, whether you're tapping into the heart of your ideal customer so you can write better copy or whether you're thinking through experiences for your membership and like how you could go deeper with them to improve your retention or whatever it may be. Like, I think that this is a time when we're going to see a lot of really cool innovation in terms of connection online. I think that's going to be one of the positives that comes out of this era in history. And you could be one of those innovators. So I have to say at the end of the retreat, I was like, wow, that went so much better than I thought. And in many ways, there were aspects of it that were better than what we could have created in person. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful. And a lot of that is because of Takesha and our guest speakers and also our members showing up so fully and so, you know, so open to the experience. So I know that you too can create a powerful virtual experience. And with the examples we gave, I'm excited to hear from you also if you have some great ideas that you've been practicing or an event that you went to, a virtual event, and you want to share like something that they did that made it really special or something that you're going to do, send me a DM. I'd love to hear about it because this is a uh, this is a new world we're stepping into. And I think we're going to be hanging out here for a little while. So let's stay connected the best we can. Are you curious about creating and launching a digital course or do you want to improve upon the one you already have? What if you knew the 20% of action steps that you need to take to get 80% of the results? I've created a do less course creation guide with the simple steps that I took to launch my first digital course and sell it without even having created it yet. And you can get that guide plus a playlist of episodes of the Kate and Mike show all about digital course creation and launching to act as a mini curriculum for you to build a thriving digital course business. Head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash digital courses, all one word. Again, that's katenorthrup.com forward slash digital courses, all one word to get the free cheat sheet and the podcast playlist.